Hi everyone and welcome to a new episode of Data Driven Talk. Uh, I am Enrico Signoretti, your host, and today with me I have uh, Scott Shadley from NGD System. He is VP of Marketing and Product Technology. Hi Scott, how are you? Hey, good afternoon. How are you doing, Enrico? I'm really fine and thank you for joining me today. I know that uh, in uh, you have a spring break now, so you have kids at home and and uh, so I will try to make it this episode short so that you will be able to stay with your kids later. So, no problem. Technology is always trumps the, the fun of the family, right? I love talking tech. Fantastic. Today, I want to talk about computational storage. I know that you are really, really involved in uh, this topic. and uh, but, but I want to start uh, a little bit talking uh, about the market, what we see, and, uh, and then in, introduce uh, why and how computational storage. So first of all, that, that's my point of view, but uh, feel free to chime in uh, any any moment. So uh, we have been seeing uh, uh, erase uh, the best possible latency on one side, and the other side we see data growing like crazy and uh, scale out systems and uh, you know large infrastructure. So and they really don't uh, you know uh, cope with uh, each other if you think about it. But also there is this. Uh, you know uh, the fact that uh, most of the vendors are um, flash vendors. I mean, are, are working on larger and larger devices. So I don't know if they are doing that to to try to fit uh, as much uh, flash as they can in a single uh, server. But uh, uh, again, uh, uh, I saw not long ago a, a server from Intel. That was like 700 terabyte of flash, which is huge, but uh, just with a couple of CPUs. So uh, at the moment, I start thinking, uh, well, okay, so you have uh, a huge uh, um, flash server, flash-based server, but just a couple of CPU. Is the CPU enough to manage all this storage? With I don't know. What's your point of view on? Well, it's very interesting. And to your point, the, the market's been evolving significantly over the past year, year and a half, especially. Um, we used to have it be when Flash first came out and having been one of the fledgling, you know, early guys back in 2007, bringing this stuff, to uh, this technology to market. We were looking to be very, very fast. Everything was about speed. It was about IOPS or megabytes per second, even gigabytes per second were targets. But as we started looking at the way that we started adding Flash to systems, it was originally added as just simply an accelerator. Now Flash with the pricing and the, the technology advancements and things like NVMe coming on board and then the Perly platform and the Epic platform, Flash density is fine. We're, we're getting drive densities up where we like them. They're starting to be drive replacement products instead of accelerators. And we've noticed that the IO patterns just don't require the fastest thing because you you instantaneously gate the bandwidth by way of your storage controller, your Ethernet connection, some form of PCIe connection or SAT or SAS connection. So then it's what what can we do now to make things better? And that's where the latency piece comes into play. So we're starting to see focus on consistency of response time, five, nine, six, nines. We've had customers even ask as far out as eight, nine, nines down the road. And as part of that, it also becomes reliability. How big is too big? Can you make a drive dense enough, fast and just fast enough, responsive enough, 
and reliable enough. So it's starting to become a major TCO model projection on what's going on with things. And things like you were talking about one petabyte in a one U, that's been the big thing with this migration to the Intel ruler and now the, the industry standard EDSFF. You know, Samsung did their splash on the NF1 last week. There's all these different ways of getting higher density per box, but we don't need to look at it as much as how dense is too dense or even how big is too big. It's now about how fast and responsive can you be. The, re the release of things like OCP last week with Microsoft and their project Denali. Those are, those are things that are showing the true migration of Flash becoming integral into systems and not just being an accelerator. I would call this a storage dilemma, okay? On one side, we are trying to, to bring a CPU closer to the data. And uh, on the other side, we are trying to bring data closer to the CPU, which uh, at the first sight, uh, they look the same, but actually they are totally different. If I think about uh, trying to uh, bring uh, uh, data closer to the CPU, I mean, for example, NVMe, okay, which is right. great. Uh, it uh, removes a lot of layers. It's direct access to the to the memory to the flash memory uh, directly from the CPU through the PCI bus, and uh, the latency is very low. And now we have NVMe over Fabric, which promises even more because it's uh, again the a storage uh, resource shared on a network and uh, access it with uh, this uh, protocol, okay? Well, we are very early. Yeah, and, and the unique thing there is, if you look at it from an NVMe and NVMe over fabric, so NVMe all of a sudden gave us speed, something that SAT and SAS could never provide us. To your point, we remove the storage controller, remove the overhead, and you start putting drives into systems, and you notice that your compute to storage um, you know, ratio is becoming a little off par. You're either getting too dense and too fast, or you're not getting enough density, but your speed is okay. And so what happened there is all of the market said, well, let's take this consistent storage product. All it does is store data, whether it's fast or slow. It's NVMe now makes it a fast storage, but we can't take advantage of it in every system. So let's pop it off into a JBOF, if you will, and call it NVMe over fabric. And now we can have a whole bunch of different compute nodes talk to a storage pool. At the same time, while you're doing that to be more effective at your compute to storage ratios, all you're doing is keeping storage as storage and compute as compute. And the only way to still operate on that data is to pull the data from wherever target it is, whether it's local, fabric-based, or you know platform-based, bring it back into memory and process on it with the CPU. And so you're, you're continuing to expand on the ability for compute and storage to kind of ratio out to one another, but you're not really fixing the net problem, which is processing that data in a more effective way. Right. We, we are repeating uh, uh, the storage error network uh, model all over again somehow. Exactly. Uh, and uh, but, um, but there is the other model, okay, bringing CPU closer to the data, which is uh, quite the contrary at the end. I don't know if you want to introduce uh, the concept because you, you work in a company that just does uh, a computational storage. Yeah, and, and I mean, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm at the end of the day, I'm a marketing guy that's trying to sell a certain product, but what I'm really doing is solving customer problems. And there's a lot of different ways companies can attack a solution. They can look at ways of trying to spread the wealth, i.e. NVMe over fabric, or there's ways of just throwing more brute force at it, where we can sit there and constantly take advantage of adding more and more sockets, more and more lanes, more and more traffic. 
But what we're doing and what, what's, what the market is seeing in advance in is this concept of computational storage. What that means is instead of having your traditional everyday storage device and whatever you want to do to write to it, read from it, you can put a protocol in front of it. You can put it over a fabric. It doesn't matter. But what if the data can now operate on itself? So our flash controllers are very intelligent. Some people in the past have tried to accelerate data management at the individual drive level with a controller, but nobody's really gone ahead and done a true computational advancement where they're putting an effective CPU that can run an application, operate, manage, change, and report data analytics out of an individual storage device to the host and let the host continue to do different things. And that's what computational storage is trying to do. And there are several of us in this space from a perspective of what we're doing uniquely is we're providing an all-in-one SSD product that scales. Okay, so uh, let's go deeper in the concept. Computational storage is something quite unique if we look at the storage market today, okay, because you're adding a CPU to the storage device, okay. By doing so, you can run applications directly into the storage system, no matter how small it is, no matter uh, how fast it is, okay. Uh, for example, in my company, we, we tried to do the same not long ago, but it was with hard drives. So we, we put a, right. a small device in front of an hard drive and uh, each single device had a, um, ARM CPU, so it's possible to run our software directly into the disk drive, okay? Uh, the concept you are talking about is more or less the same, okay? But because Flash, uh, it's uh, it's much faster and you can, can take advantage of the Flash characteristic. In the market, I saw right. people trying to accelerate just a single function, okay? Maybe with a sort of coprocessor, FPGA or GPUs, okay? So they, you can build specific optimization for your application. I, I would say this is a, a, a niche because not, uh, not everybody is able to program this kind of devices, okay? It's complicated. While yep. uh, others, and then we will talk uh, about uh, NGD system, are putting a real uh, CPU in uh, an ARM device, an ARM CPU, uh, into the flash drive and can run a, a real uh, uh, operating system if you want uh, and uh, uh, with direct access to the to the um, flash device in uh, in the PCI card or whatever. Uh, am I right? Correct. Yeah, exactly. So there's multiple ways you can look at computational storage. And that's why I mentioned there's a, a few of us in the market. The beauty is that we're all solving for different solution sets. So it's it's not a completely niche market today. It's, uh, you know, it's been phrased a nascent market. So it's an emerging technology. So it's got time to grow. And uh, what we're, you know, there's different ways to look at it. NGD Systems is trying to do a, a simple, you know, keep it simple, stupid, a KISS principle and allow you to have a user place our drive in their system and use it as a drive because everybody likes dual sourcing simplicity of implementation and not having to manage and go through and create a completely new way to use the product so a kernel recompile doesn't work a different interface doesn't really solve the problem because you're adding complexity while trying to simplify things so what we're doing is we're giving you an nvme target it's a storage device it can be in an aic a u.2 long-term EDSFF, M.2, whatever form factor you may want, but it uses the traditional NVMe protocol. It is an NVMe SSD. 
And instead of throwing an FPGA only at it or saying I have to use host resources, we're keeping it holistically inclined into a single product. There are others and there are other ways that you can do computational storage with an FPGA only solution, modifying host resources. There's flashless computational storage accelerators that are out there. There's a lot of different techniques of doing this. And it's just a matter of making sure that you have the one that works for the customer set you're going after. And of course, NGD Systems being a, a smaller company, we're taking advantage of the markets we know well and looking at things like the artificial intelligence market, machine learning, computer vision, that type of uh, feature sets that have a plethora of applications that we can go in and help uh, customers utilize our drive as a drive or tailor it to an in-situ processing computational storage product. Okay, uh, just to try to rephrase what you said, just to make it uh, as simple as possible. So you provide this device that could be a PCI card or an NVMe drive. So at least this is the form factor from the outside, okay? And uh, inside yeah. there is a, a lot of uh, flash memory, uh, several ter terabytes, if I remember well. Uh, coupled with an ARM CPU and some RAM. And uh, this device is, um, from the outside, looks like a, a traditional MDME device, okay? But the, on the inside, okay, the ARM device can access the same device and uh, run applications against uh, uh, your data. Is it correct? Yeah, so if you look at the inside of the NGD product, to your point, it's an NVMe SSD controller that happens to have a sec separate set of processors, ARM, ARM processors, that are dedicated to running an application. And that application is ported to the drive over the NVMe protocol using our CLI or our um, API and SDK. And it'll move the application you're normally used to running in memory and on the host down into the uh, drive itself and let the drive basically minimize traffic of the PCIe bus over NVMe and it report back with just the answer to the question instead of having to process the data to find that answer. Okay, so it minimizes the traffic on the PCI bus, meaning that probably you have less traffic in uh, all, all your network because you have several devices for each single server. And uh, you can speed up uh, uh, the application because, uh, of course, you are you are not to move data uh, around to make uh, to make your compute. So the CPU is just next to the flash device. Right, and, and to your point, it does scale. Um, you could have an entire array of products. You can go all the way out, and you know, as the technology develops, drives will be able to communicate amongst themselves because the host has a, an agent loaded on it that we we provide that allows it to know which drives in the system are computational capable and are, which drives are not. And especially if you're running a peer-to-peer one-to-one type relationship going into say the IoT market, it's even more capable of adding value to the CPU. So you can accelerate an application without throwing extra CPU cycles, GPUs at it, or even more memory footprint. So from a cost TCO model perspective, it even adds uh, more value from that perspective. Okay. Can, can you give me examples of uh, real-world uh, uh, scenarios where I can use uh, uh, this kind of device? Yeah, so one example would be uh, recently at the Open Compute Show last week in March uh, 18, we did the concepts of using the AI interface from the Facebook artificial intelligence similarity search. So the whole purpose of this tool 
built as an open source platform by Facebook was to allow companies or users or platforms to find a way to do very fast similarity recognition of images by taking a JPEG, a GIF, a PNG, whatever format, convert it to a vector, and then compare that vector to a database of additional vectors. And what we were able to highlight and show is a five to one improvement with a single drive running computational storage where the vector analysis was being done on the drive. So the host says, I've got a vector, I've input it by way of a webcam, somebody uploaded it to my application, whatever the case may be, the vectors, the image is converted to a vector and then that vector is compared to every other vector on a drive and just the response back of all those vectors is done. So all the computation about doing the math behind comparing the vectors was run on the drive, leaving the CPU free to go do other things. And also the, the data traffic from the drive to the host was simply the answers, not the entire data set being you know, compared to and whatnot within the memory footprint. How large is your CPU? Because you're, you're telling me that uh, a smaller CPU in, uh, into the drive is much faster than uh, moving data back and forth from the you know, uh, CPU on the server, right? Correct. Right. Yeah, so the, the footprint doesn't have to be that big as far as the processor. So in our case, it's 64-bit uh, processing capability. And keep in mind that we're only offloading the application that needs to run to do the data management. We're not necessarily offloading the entire you know, host operating system. So therefore, that, that size of the processor is well managed to compensate for what it's capable of running. We ha we've ported things like this face algorithm. We've done other image uh, comparisons. We've done facial recognition. We even ran Hadoop footprints with uh, content delivery network uh, examples in the past on this. And it, the, the beauty of it is it's somewhat limitless. Any customer that wants to put any type of a platform on their drive can certainly do that. Uh, we'll work with with the customers to make sure there are applications that are that are appropriate for it, right? So this is not a a write focused solution at this point. It's a re from an NGD perspective, we're doing a read focused solution because it's really about minimizing the data traffic and minimizing having to pull all the data off the drive, managing it and pushing it back. So there are you know multiple different ways to go at it. There's others in the market that are looking at the right focus side of things. That's just great, but there's a lot more complexity on that perspective. So it's just a, a different way to look at uh, how you can manage these. How complex is to port an application um, that is already available in the, especially in the open source, uh, to to your platform? So you you already mentioned Hadoop and libraries that are available from uh, in the open source from from Facebook. But uh, what happens is if I want to test, uh, I don't know, Apache Spark, for example, or, or another uh, solution that is out there? Uh, so that's where the quote-unquote secret sauce or the patented portfolio of NGD solutions comes into play. We have a, a CLI that works with the host, and it works on Linux-based platforms. It works on Windows-based platforms, and it can push that application down for you. So you run whatever normal application you want. You engage our drive to say, I want to compute on the drive. And then the API and the, the SDK that we have does all that porting for you. It's some of that, you know, quote unquote, uh, secret sauce that we have. But we have, uh, you know, there are some minor mods that have to take place. Say you want to run a full Ubuntu core OS on it. That's a little more complex, but we have actually been able to port Ubuntu into the drive. So you can actually create a secondary 
um, operating system within the drive. That's more specialized, but it's still very doable. Um, at this point, as I mentioned, we've done a lot of testing across a lot of applications. We're working with other partners to do proof of concepts on things like Spark or other uh, useful database tools out there uh, moving okay, forward. So uh potentially it's not complicated that's uh, what you're uh, what you're saying and yep. uh, and we can expect more and more uh, applications ready to go in the future because uh, the more the customer probably the more the use cases and more the application that are will be available already ported somehow exactly and right now it's it's a you know you, you look at it at multi-stage uh implementation stage one is to get it live see have customers see it show the value of it stage two is to now uh, allow work with the application creators to create even more opportunities so say for example as we move forward arm is becoming more popular in the data center as the core processor so we've got arm inside they've got arm outside what if arms the two arm cores start being more efficiently communicating with one another. So that's an example of a partnership we're working on now. I'm just wondering if this uh, technology, okay, now you have to start somewhere, okay? And you started in the data center, that's that's okay. But uh, because the nature of the of the device, you know, so the flash and compute, and uh, even if it's NVMe, some networking, okay? From to communicate outside looks like mm -hmm. uh, uh, the perfect device for uh, you know edge computing. Okay, so on a tended system, uh, far from the data center, closer to you know sensors and any other IoT kind of environment, right? So easy to deploy, easy to manage. So sure. potentially there is a future also there for this kind of device. Yeah, actually, that's a very good example. So there's a recently created, and some people are in favor of the name, but this kind of fog, open fog consortium looking at the, the cloud within the cloud, right? All these external IoT center platforms. The trouble with those that, that people are running into today is the CPUs in most of those platforms because they're smaller, lower power aren't as powerful a processing solution. So what they run into is the ability to manage all that data. What we do with adding our drive into that subsystem is we augment the CPU. And especially in this kind of case of a, a one in one, we have the ability to manage all that data coming in from all those sensors. And instead of just simply offloading it to a network somewhere, we can run the computational analysis on the drive. So an example that we've talked through with some customers and that we've got started as far as a, a proof of concept with a partner, is think about a jet engine. A jet engine by itself in a one hour flight generates four terabytes plus of sensor data. They pull that drive out of the airplane like they offload the luggage, they plug it into some network somewhere, wait for the data to be offloaded of that drive, application run on it and a report given back. In today's society, the plane's already flipped and back in the air. What if you were simply able to connect to that device and have the device give you Guess what? Data analytics have already come back as the plane has landed. Here's your report out because we've run the application. You need to do the data analysis on the data on the drive. You get a go, no go. And, and you can still offload the data. You're still going to pull all yep. of that data off. But the ability to do real-time analytics is really what comes into value there. And that works across any array of edge computing or IoT type resources. Yes. I'm still get confused with edge, fog. And, uh, you know, I think marketing is... Uh, uh, getting worse and worse <laughs> with these uh, terminologies, but uh, that's another topic for another day. Uh, yes, yep. but <laughs> but okay, I, I really get the all the story of the edge and IoT and, and fog here. 
it's a fascinating kind of uh, approach for the future. And, you know, I wrote not that long ago a, a blog post around this uh, topic. So we are really aligned with this. We talked about the device and its form factor, but uh, how large is this device? What should be my expectation in terms of um, size, for example? Yeah, no problem. So the, the capabilities uh, for the current solution are anywhere from a four terabyte to a 16 terabyte product for customers in an add-in card or even a U.2 form factor. And as we move forward, the technology has a capability of growing into even larger footprints. So again, data at the edge, especially, we need to start being able to grow the data footprint without growing the size. So upwards of 200 terabyte plus solutions are capable as long as customers are, are looking for those solutions. And we can also go into smaller footprints, M.2 or EDSFF. Okay, that sounds really, really cool. I think that uh, uh, for the first uh, episode on computational storage, we already had a nice uh, 30,000 feet view on what is computational storage. And we talked also a little bit about uh, an implementation, specifically from uh, from NGD systems. And uh, we will come back again uh, on this because I really like the idea of having uh, uh, compute and storage together in small devices to offload uh, uh, some tasks from the rest of the server, but also in the IoT field. And uh, thank you again, um, Scott, for your time today. And just one more question about uh, um, about NGD system. So where we can find more information about your company, about the product and the technology first, and then uh, where we can stalk you on the internet. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, NGD systems, of course, we have our website, www.ngdsystems.com. Uh, we also follow us on Twitter, at NGD Systems. Uh, and it's great to have some information. We've actually recently launched a new website with a little more content and details. And of course, if you'd like to reach out to me personally, I'm at SM Shadley on Twitter. Uh, so feel free to uh, reach out. And again, this is a great new evolving market. We're very excited about computational storage. Uh, we're happy to discuss it from a 30,000 foot level all the way down. And if our solution isn't right, we certainly are aware of others that may be. So, Great. Thank you very much again and uh, talk to you soon, Scott. Bye-bye. <laughs>